All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Cherbies, ASG Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Aussie motocross show as I'm joined by special guest Yaman Lube, Yamaha Racing, MX2 Hotshot, Caleb Barham. How's life, mate? And thanks for joining us fresh from bagging a podium at the Aussie Supercross in Newcastle. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Yeah, look, it was good. It was a crazy, nasty and wild weekend down there at Newcastle. Uh, look, it threw a bit of everything at us. We kind of had a bit of rain leading into it. And then on the day, it was scorching hot. So, uh, look, it, it threw everything at us. And uh, we were fortunate enough to tick off some good starts and some good results. And, yeah, threw ourselves on the box for the first time in, in, in my MX2 career. So, it was a good weekend for myself. Yeah, mate, absolutely. It was an awesome weekend. It was epic. The fans were right into it. The racing was excellent. Obviously, being there, it was just so good to see the turnout there, obviously. And also so good to see you doing well, mate, after that Adelaide where you didn't make the main. So I guess kind of emotional there at the end, getting that first podium, being with your mate Crawford on the podium as well. And I guess really good reward for all that sort of hard work, suffering, sacrifice over the years, especially after doing that privateer program for so many years, mate. So how was it from your perspective the weekend? Talk us through from the track walk, practice, qualifying to the races mate how was it all yeah look we made it hard on ourselves if i'm completely honest obviously coming from adelaide um unfortunately i was just still learning uh pretty much how, how to how to use the team to my to the best of my advantage i've been a privateer for so many years uh i just kind of i'm still learning it i'll be i'll be straight up front and say that that yeah coming into adelaide i went way too stiff with my suspension uh i knew it was going to be tight and small I didn't realize exactly. Oh, sorry. I should, shouldn't say I didn't realize, but I didn't. I didn't kind of prepare for exactly how small it was going to be. So, Melbourne, look, it was a disaster. Um, I just come out of it healthy. That's really the only positive I have for the whole thing. Uh, then, moving into moving into uh, Newcastle, we obviously had a couple of weeks, and it just fueled the fire. Um, so, look, we put our head down, butt up. Both myself and NATO, we we both had shocking round ones. Uh, and to be honest, we probably were two of the two of the favorites outside of the imports that were, that were going to be on the Australian side. So um, for us to, to, to show the results, what we did at round one, I know, I know from myself and NATO, we were both very not ha- happy campers <laughs> for a couple of weeks there. And it wasn't a very nice, it wasn't a very nice week straight after Adelaide, but we put our head down, butt up. We knew, we knew that our training was right. And we knew coming into Newcastle that it was going to be a bit of a bigger track. Uh, the last two rounds were going to probably favorite myself and, and NATO being bigger, gnarlier um, tracks is what we saw on the weekend. Uh, and look, we came in, uh, unfortunately from that result, I was actually in non-seated qualifying, which kind of was a bit of a stitch up. We went out and they were watering the track just before we went out. So, but unfortunately, the scorching heat for what we had, we, they kind of had no other option. So, we just had to kind of deal with it. And unfortunately, that was the result that I put myself in. So, I just had to put my head down, butt up. I think it was me and Reese Bud. Uh, we just did what we kind of could. And I think I qualified uh, somewhere in the top 10 by the end, by the, by the uh, end of their seated group. Uh, we came in. I felt good though, if I'm honest. It's the first time that I I felt felt like I could really race that Yamaha. Um, so look, we we coming into the night show, myself and Nash. Uh, I, I was secretly pretty confident. Uh, and yeah, look, our starts were back. Uh, we've all we've we've sorted that Yami out off the line. So look, we we nabbed ourselves a, a decent start on the on the heat race. I just ran it in a bit too deep actually. Uh, so I made sure I noted that for the mains. But got a good heat race, got it done. I think I was seventh gate pick for the main events. Uh, yeah, in the back-to-backs, look, the track was nasty. 
Uh, we knew it was going to be turned into a concrete concrete ice skating ring by the end of the night. And if I'm honest, I don't think there was much more the track crew could have done. It's black soil. Unfortunately enough, that it's very similar to the soil I have here at home. Uh, but yeah, there's not much that you can do once it bakes off. Um, it's, it's, you can water it unless if you, the one thing is that the dozer driver down there was really, really, really smart in how he was operating that and actually trying to break up big clods of, um, of, I guess you kind of say nearly concrete black soil, uh, that we just were skating off pretty much. So he was able to break them up a little bit and then they could posse it back down. So I, I genuinely think the track crew did the best job for what they possibly could with that soil. Um, and look, I think it made for good racing, especially in the MX2. I didn't get to watch too much of the MX1, uh, SX1 on the night, uh, but I watched it back the following day. But in SX2, there was passes going on left, right and center. Unfortunately, there was a lot of crashes. Um, I genuinely believe that wasn't to do with the track build. Uh, the track build, it, it was a supercross track. If I'm honest, it was actually probably mellower than what we're probably going to see it at Melbourne. Uh, I don't know whether or not they did that for the 85s or if they were a bit low on dirt. I, I'm, I'm genuinely not sure. But uh, for me, look, it was a good track. Uh, the woos were nasty. Um, yeah, and the rhythm lanes kept up good. They tried to prep where they could. Uh, yeah, but unfortunately, I think it's kind of, especially for a lot of the MX3 kids and that, it's the first time they've probably seen a proper Supercross track that they've had to learn in, in I think it was 16 laps before we went racing. So for for guys like myself and NATO, Anstey and all that, that have done a couple races, um, we kind of gelled to that program a bit better. We kind of, our, our experience, I guess you would say, kind of paid off. So, yeah, for me, we lobbed some good starts in the mains. Uh, the first two got a good start in the first one, was running second for a bit. Anstey got me, uh, which dropped me back to third. Um, the second one, I think I started in about fifth or might have been fifth or sixth. Uh, made my way through to fourth, stayed there till the checkers. Uh, and then, yeah, just had to regroup before the last one. Uh, we had about an hour break, I think it was in between. In the last one, got a got an arm reel start, and me and NATO uh, actually come together off the line in that first lane, and he nearly put me where well, he did. He put me into the tough blocks, and I don't even know how I held on to it. My little legs were off the side. It was everywhere. I'm pretty sure I gave Woody and Nashy a few more gray hairs. And, yeah, I, I went from pretty much probably I should have been first going out of that lane. I think I was uh, I would have been buried probably in seventh, eighth, or ninth. I would have been just inside that top ten, I'm assuming. Uh, we put a head down, butt up. I think I got up to about sixth or fifth. It might have even been. And then unfortunately coming into the first corner, I stalled it. So uh, going into that race, Woody had done all the maths. I knew exactly who was kind of in contention. I knew it was uh, myself, Wageman uh, and Fergo were kind of the three that were, Fergo was a fair bit off. So it was really just me and Wageman. Um, and yeah, oh, I stalled it and I was like, no way, but I knew he wasn't in front of me. So I didn't know who was kind of next. I thought Cole would have been somewhat close because Fergo went down as well. So I genuinely had no idea kind of what the points were. So I just put my head down, butt up. I was probably, I uh, would have been 14th or something or other by the time I got the bike back running again. Um, and yeah, I put my head down, butt up, made as many passes as I could in the in the remaining, I think it was three or four laps. I pretty much was coming into them whoops and closing my eyes and just twisting the throttle and forth and hoping for the best. <laughs> I was either getting, I was either passing, there was a little group in front of me, I was either catching them and passing them or I was going down trying. So there was no, there was no in between for me. So yeah, look, we, we straddled it through there and, and we made it happen. I passed, I think I ended up about ninth. I think I was just inside that top 10. And yeah, pretty much finished the race. Rolled over the finish, and oh, if I was honest, I thought I blew it. I genuinely didn't think I had the podium. Uh, I was I was pretty bummed, and then, yeah, rolled over the wall jump where they went to kind of point us off the track, and I got pulled up, and I was like, oh, 
did I do it? Did I? And we were kind of waiting and he's, and then, yeah, um, they ended up saying, yeah, 16 to podium. So, um, as soon as they said that, man, I lost it. Uh, it, it's been a long time coming and, uh, yeah, just all the work that not only myself, but Nash and all the boys put in, uh, it just was, it was unreal to be able to step on that podium with some very, very stiff competition on top. So it was a good bit of celebration afterwards too, mate. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I was fortunate enough that, yeah, obviously we went out with the boys and that and had a couple of drinks, but uh, it was just good to celebrate with the team and enjoy this one. Yeah, well said, mate. And how did you find the format of those three races? Obviously, the first two in quick succession. It was a fair bit of chaos going on there, mate. A lot of action for the fans, a lot of action for you blokes. And how was that recovery as well between the first and second? Because she was quick and had to quickly get something to eat, get some to drink, and then you were back at it, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, look, if I'm honest, I'm a good starter. So I, I, I do like those type of, those type of races. Um, and for us, for the Australian series being only three rounds, uh, having that triple crown as a three point scoring round, like I think I went from 13th after round one to, I think I'm sixth in the points. So, and NATO vice versa, I think he's went from 10th to second or something or other. So for us, the, the, the points grab at that round was unreal. It's what we needed. So, um, look, going into Melbourne, I wish it was another triple crown with three points scoring. <laughs> trying to nab, nab a podium uh, in the championship. But look, we're not out of the question of it. We're going to have to put our head down, head down, butt up. And look, I'm, the plan is just to get a start and the the rest will ride itself. So um, as we showed on the weekend, I've got the pace. Uh, it just, yeah, there's a couple things we want to fine tune in these last two weeks here with zero zero Elite Rider training. We'll get them sorted. And yeah, look, we're coming out at Melbourne Swing and we're only just beginning. Yeah, having that layout must have just been a massive confidence boost for you. Obviously, just having more of a full-size track, more points of difference, more space to race, room to pass. Must have just been sort of a relief almost getting to that one after Adelaide, mate. And did you find you could definitely make the difference on a lot of guys in certain sections? Obviously, the whoops were extremely difficult, especially by that last one for you guys. They were pretty brutal. And you must have seen a lot of guys go down as well throughout the day. Must have been tough seeing your fellow competitors, even though you're racing. But there's so many guys went down with some massive injuries so just your talk on the track and how you enjoyed racing at that full size and where were the sort of key difference you felt you make up as well yeah look being on a full-size supercross track i mean that's what supercross is round one was it was very stadium uh if i'm on a stadium it's probably being very generous so <laughs> to, to have jumps that were full sale to have a triple that was full scale yes it was mellow but it was still full scale. The whoops were brutal. They were proper size. Uh, the rhythm lanes were decent. That back lane where you go three, three, four, that was a big lane. And a lot of boys come unstuck on it. So, um, look, uh, definitely uh, coming to that bigger track, being able to have them big lanes. And, for example, like uh, myself and Reese, we didn't really get to hit, especially that back proper lane after the finish. We didn't get to hit that until pretty much our last lap of qualifying because it was so slippery. So, um for me, I knew coming in the race, it wasn't really going to matter because I could flick that switch as soon as I needed to. If the track was grippy, I knew that I was fully capable of doing those lanes. Um, and then it's the first time I'll probably ever say this, but um, it threw the whoops. Uh, look, it's one thing that going off last year, I knew I had good starts. I was good through the rhythms, but whoops were my kryptonite last year. So uh, it's one thing that I've just, Dean from Fighting for Physio, I told him that that was what I wanted to be better at this year. I didn't care what we had to do. He built up my strength, the bucket load going from last year to this year. And uh, now, look, I'm, I'm happy to say that it's definitely a strength of mine. I passed a numerous amount of boys through those whoops uh, over the weekend. And uh, look, I'm excited. Hopefully Melbourne has another cracker of big whoops. And yeah, we'll go from there. But uh, coming to the injuries, uh, unfortunately, one of my teammates, 
Smith, Jake Cannon had a massive one as well. So big shout out to him. I know he's in he's in a bad way at the minute, but he's got it. He's young, he's fit, and he'll be laughing. He'll be back on the bike in no time. Yeah, he's a super talent, mate. And obviously hate seeing something like that happen. Really severe accident. So yeah, we wish him all the best for the recovery for sure, mate. And just quickly with the whoop still, how is it going with the lappers through those whoops? Because once you sort of pinned it wide open, it's sort of hard to change tact, isn't it, mate? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Lucy. If I'm if I'm honest, the lappers were pretty good because they were they were definitely rolling the whoops. It was when I was passing, I think from from about that 14th through to ninth ish position, they were kind of hitting them. And I was just honest, as I said, I was closing my eyes. I see the first four were the nasty ones. You get off the first and second, and I think it was three, four, and maybe even five had proper knuckles on them. And I just squint my eyes as far as I could and just hope for the best. If I got through them four, I was like, perfect, we're on. But um, yeah, look, it was good. I was actually kind of just, it seemed like the boys, especially the boys were kind of hugging left and right. I was honestly just hitting it down the middle. So wherever I hit it, just kind of wherever I come out of that corner and Big Blue went, that was what happened. So <laughs> there was no kind of, there was no ducking or weaving for me. It was just trying to get onto him as hard as we could. Obviously, we're trying to hit him in fourth. I know Max actually was trying to hit him in fifth, trying to just get a bit of traction. So uh, look, they were loose, but... I definitely feel that they like they weren't anything. I've seen a whole lot worse whoops here in Australian Supercross. So for me, I actually think they were genuinely a, a very nice set of whoops. Even going from Newcastle's round last year, I feel those whoops were a whole lot nastier. So look, they were good. Um, but again, it's tricky when you go from somewhere like Adelaide and a lot of Australian riders thought, oh, this is kind of what Supercross is like. And yeah. especially in our crew, I, I told everyone, I was like, be careful. Newcastle is going to be the polar opposite. We went from Adelaide, which was confined to a super, super short track, super tight and super grippy. You go to Newcastle, which is no grip and massive. So, uh, look, it, it was it was good to be able to, to show everybody kind of that, that we were, that we could show what we could do this weekend. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's some good comments and insight there, mate, from you. So, also, did you feel much pressure and weight of expectation after Adelaide, mate? Did that go through your head, much nerves, or did you sort of just use it as a positive to sort of rev you up and I guess probably use the crowd a bit too to give you a pump up too? Because you obviously wanted that response in performance and you got it. So, I guess what were the keys to that mentally? If I'm completely honest, um, Oh, I think everybody around me knew that I was I was pissed. Um, they didn't they didn't so much need to say anything after Adelaide. They knew that that well. If I'm honest, we we, we kind of we we identified the problem. It wasn't it wasn't the program they were on. It's not not from a lack of riding. It's not from a lack of fitness. It wasn't. It was purely the bike. I I need, I just. I made a wrong call. I went too stiff in my suspension. We sorted that out pretty much. It was a week after, like that following week, I got the boys up here and we did we did a bucket load of testing. Um, and as soon as we identified it and got it sorted, it was it was a, a completely different rider, you would say. Well, as we saw, like we went from running 13th to, to throwing it on the podium. Uh, so it really was another rider. And um, yeah, look, going into Melbourne, obviously, uh, I don't think there's going to be that big of a dramatic change in between now and Melbourne. But um, look, we're still going to be fine tuning. There's obviously still more room to play with. Max is handing us our butt at the minute. And um, yeah, look, he's the he's the carrot we want to chase. So it was unreal to have Nate on myself up there, uh, especially coming off such a bad round one. Well, round one bad round uh we ended up throwing both the zero zero bikes up on the podium so it was cool yeah absolutely mate yeah we're talking about Anstey I guess he's got so much experience racing so many formats everything you know the skill everything the mindset the executions all there so I guess would you say the main point of difference for him was the whoops over the weekend because I guess him and Wilson and Brayton were really fast in that section so would you say everywhere else on the track you guys are pretty much there it's just that section is where you maybe need to you know carve the difference up 
Yeah, look, he, he was way better through the whoops. Both times he passed me through the whoops. So, um, but as you stated just then, he, he has such great he has such great uh, experience from the years he, he's raced MXGP. He's won MX of Nations. He's now won AMA Supercross races in the two fifty class. He's raced the four fifty class. Like he just has he has thirty years of experience. Um, so and, and hats off to Max. I, I really really enjoy him as a competitor and sitting down having a yarn to him. I think he's a great human being. So, um, but look, he he was unreal through the whoops, but. If I'm honest, uh, he, he was just was a little bit quicker everywhere. Whether it was his mid-corner speed, he just was a little bit quicker everywhere. Um, so it, it wasn't dramatic. It wasn't like he was pulling four seconds a lap on us. And Crawford even showed in the last one that he, when it was slippery and Max just had to knock that intensity back a little bit, that he could be, he wasn't going to catch him and pass him, I don't think, but he, he could kind of run with him. So, look, we're going to go to Adelaide. Uh, we're going to go to Melbourne where it's going to be grippy. It's going to be good. Both Crawford and myself went great there again last year. So, look, let's see if we can take it to him. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And he'd probably be, like, battling for the win in the 450 class as well. So, he's definitely a world-class rider, like you said, mate. And it was really interesting sort of dynamic bringing those international guys to the series, isn't it? With, obviously, Wilson, Brayton, Anstey, Hill, Thompson, Wageman. So cool seeing those guys and racing against them setting the bar for you guys and setting the standard to know where you got to be to raise your level. So obviously that's a really good thing for you as a racer. Some people say it's a negative, but I guess for you, it must be a good thing just having that character chase, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And uh, don't quote me on this correctly, but I'm pretty sure Max's times in the first two motos mm. of the final were, would have won the well, were the quickest times even in the 450 class. So Max is a world-class rider. Um, he, he is phenomenal. And yeah, we're with the likes of the other boys. Oh, I think the more the merrier. We still, we, we don't even have, we have 22 riders, I think, uh, at a main event. So, um, look, the more the merrier, the more talent we get from over there. It's just ra- raising us boys. So, um, yeah, like NATO, myself, um, Reese, Cosford, like we're all we're all happy to take it to that next level, even Wilson and all that. So, And at the end of the day, like you just got to look at the World Supercross thing, even like all those boys are there and they're in the mix of it. So, look, I, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it'd be nice to if they weren't there with me and it would have bumped us up the order probably even more. But uh, in the long-term things, uh, oh, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, as a racer and, you know, talking to you and Nathan Crawford, both the Crawfords really, you guys want to be tested and challenged. You don't want to be like easy getting wins, you know, with a caveat on it. You guys want to win or get podiums against those guys, don't you, mate? It means more. So that's probably what you're looking at as well, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And like if Nato, if it was just Nato and myself there in the first two motors, you kind of look at it and go, oh, yeah, like you wouldn't, not not that you wouldn't be pushing in these next two weeks, but you're kind of like, oh, you, you're not, there's not that urgency. Whereas Max genuinely hand us, handed us our butt on the weekend. So um, look, we got to put our head down, butt up and and go go try and chase him because he's the, he's the benchmark. He showed us how quick a 250 can go around that track on the weekend. So we've got to try and now beat that. Yeah, mate, that's awesome. And just talking back to the bike, obviously it was adjustment period you needed and obviously dealing with the resources and I guess pooling them in the right way because you mentioned last time we spoke about the engine, the different parts, suspension. You know, it's cool to have all that access, but I guess just streamlining the flow of how to use the guys around you after doing it by yourself for so long must have been a pretty interesting adaptation to have that burden lifted off you because you probably want to be in control of so much as well, but having the options must be a bit of an eye-opener too. So, mate, just talk us through that transition and how it's going for you. Yeah, look, it is. It's an eye-opening experience. Um, And if I'm honest... After before the first round, I wasn't very vocal. I've kind of I've always been on a privateer program where you get an engine package and 
that's what you can afford to run. So that's what you run. It's you can't say, Oh, I'd like to change this or I'd like to change that. And, and same with suspension. You kind of go, Oh yeah, I like that. That's what I kind of want to run. I've been fortunate enough that Paul from MPE, he always tinkered with my suspension and would let me kind of do whatever I wanted to. And it just, it was a different learning experience going to now Wardy and, and dealing with the team side of things. And, and I learned that I could, I could ask and, and they would make it happen. So um, what once I kind of, I guess you'd say once I kind of, told them exactly what I wanted um, and they would, and we'd just make it happen. And yeah, look, it showed, it showed itself on the weekend. As I said, we were two different riders from round one to round two. And yeah, we're going to tinker a little bit more in this next little week. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're, we're pretty good. There's just a couple of fine, fine little bits of tuning, I guess you'd say we need that I would like to do. Um, and yeah, look, I'm excited to come into Melbourne and, and utilize the team even more for, for my two races with them. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you mentioned last time about the goalposts moving and you're sort of relishing that challenge and obviously the hard work on the bike, off the bike, it's got to be a complete package for you guys to perform, doesn't it, mate? So, so much goes into it. You're just dedicating pretty much your whole life to it all, mate. So just tell us about the process of that for anyone that's sort of looking to you know get into motocross, any youngsters, it's got to be all in, doesn't it, mate? Like your training program, the commitment, the sacrifice. So just give a little bit of insight into your program, I guess, maybe even what a week looks like before and after the race, recovery, sleep nutrition diet it's got to be all in a row doesn't it yeah most definitely and i'm fortunate enough that on the zero zero elite rider training uh program croft big nathan crawford he he deals with all our on bike program so i don't even have to worry about that we got tell like our schedule got sent out a week ago we know we're riding wednesday thursday saturday this week so um yeah that's pretty much sorted and then uh dean from fighting fit physio he has all our nutrition all our schedule gym and everything ready to go so he, he tells us exactly what we're doing which is just one less thing that we have to think about so as a racer you don't have to worry about it you just get up and you know exactly this is the program you're doing whether it be the gym whether it be the cycle whether it be racing uh riding or racing you, you know exactly what you're doing that day and you haven't got to kind of think about it you just pretty much got to show up and they will put you through your paces. So um, for me, that, that's one thing I, I genuinely like about the program. Uh, it, it's, I, I tend to overthink things. So um, by, by having, by giving them the, the, the resources to do that, I don't have to think about it. So it just kind of lets me do my thing even more, which is nice. So uh, yeah, look, it's good. And I'm, um, yeah, as I said, we're, we're going to, get down in these two weeks here and as i said we're not going to reinvent the wheel but we're gonna we're definitely going to try and thrive to to get this sorted in the next two weeks and as you said the the goalposts are forever changing they, they never are just in one place yeah for for the whole start of the year i just wanted to tick off a podium now that i've ticked off a podium i want to tick off a second or a first i want to be further up there a podium is now long now now no longer the benchmark so, uh, yeah, they're, they're forever moving. And I'm fortunate enough that I have the full backing from Big Crawford from Zero Zero, Dean from Fighting Fit, and Wardy and Bish and Nash from, from Yamaloob that they're, they're all on my team and they're all ready to do whatever I need to to get the best possible result. And if you don't have people like that in your corner, well, they don't need to be there. Absolutely, mate. Well said. Surround yourself with the people that want to succeed and that are going to do everything in their power to help you. And I guess do you extract confidence, obviously, from results, but a lot of guys I was talking to, you know, Jorgensen, who's a former GP winner and he's a trainer now in Spain, does a lot of work with Yamaha. He was saying, I don't necessarily get the confidence as much from certain things, results, outside stuff. I get it from doing the work in training and having the preparation on point. I guess that's a, a lot what your program does as well that you're working with. And you see the tangible results and the progress from you know, like yourself, Tanti, Ryan, Alexanderson heading over to Germany, teammate Nathan Crawford doing great things over the years and the elevation. So is that where you get the confidence from? You come to the race weekend, it gives you that sort of strength that, you know, I've done the work and whatever's thrown at me, I can handle it. 
Exactly. You come into the race and you know that you've ticked all the boxes. You know you've done the gym. You know you've done the cycles. You know your bike is ready. You know you've done the laps. You know you know that you've given yourself the best possible chance to perform on that weekend. Yeah, it's dirt bike racing, and as we showed at round one, you, you might stuff up. There might be something that happened. There might be something out of your control that happens. But you give yourself the best possible chance every time you get on the bike, and that's what this program does. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And just to touch again on the fans from Newcastle, mate, obviously got to give them some love, obviously being there. It was absolutely pumping. The vibe was great. They sort of braved that heat. They were loving it, even though there were probably few of them would have been pretty cooked. I reckon you blokes probably doing all your signing session wouldn't have mind going back into the truck at some parts there. But how awesome was it? Obviously, the engagement was great. Posters were going out. They were getting lots of free stuff. And really cool weekend of action down in Newcastle, which is a massive hub of motocross. It's really big down there. Obviously, the Chad Reed factor and the CR22 Cup with his son racing as well was pretty awesome. And we were speaking off air about Dylan Wills and that setup, which was just really booming. It was just awesome to see it and just something so different that sort of captured the you know, motocross world, I guess, for that weekend. So that sort of engagement, I know on MX Vice, it certainly blew up, as did a lot of the Aussie Supercross posts and web results was really cool to see, mate. So how was all that from your perspective, mate? Must have been cool to come and meet some of your fans and sort of show them some love, eh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Newcastle Supercross, same as last year, it's such a hub for the motorsport industry. Uh, so it's great to have a crowd. I think we had 16,500-odd people there or something or other. So, uh, look, it was a great turnout. It wasn't as big as last year, but still, when you're in the pitch, you wouldn't have known that. I think I went through 500 posters in nearly an hour, an hour and a half. So, look, it, it was unreal just to catch up, and uh, it was just signing whatever they could and just having a yarn to them, even if it was only for 30, 30-odd 30 seconds. Like, it was just... It was unreal to see all the people there, all the kids that had a smile from ear to ear where they jumped on the bike and got a photo with you or just walking around the pit saying good luck. And it just, that's that's part of the reason why I love Supercross so much is for that atmosphere, uh, that engagement that you get with the crowd and the fans. You don't so much get that at, at all motocross events. Um, so yeah, we're at Supercross where they have the designated pit party and signings and all that you really get to interact with the crowd which at the end of the day they're, they're 95 percent of the reason why we do this like it's such a great feeling to to make a kid's day by signing their hat or letting them jump on your bike and, and get a photo with them and you know that they're going to go home and hang the poster on the wall because that's what you did when you were a kid so um look it's unreal to see him and to everyone that was there i think it genuinely was a a very very um pleasing experience being there it was it was a great day it was great racing mx2 class was gnarly the 85 cup was was great to see the youngsters back there and um look that's where we started supercross and that's why i think that the, the likes of of myself nato um and that kind of older group within sx2 that, that's what we rode we rode 85s and 125s on a supercross track so uh to see the little guys back out there and they were battling it out they were having a good dig so uh, a couple of them were sending that triple which was no easy feat so um yeah to, to have them back out there it was great the mx1 class was massive and the sx3 guys well they're learning the ropes so look it, it was great racing i feel all around uh, i think it was a great event i genuinely feel that if they did that at every um australian supercross race and every world supercross event um it, it would be phenomenal yeah always about keeping the sport growing and you know mick sinclair and the team there are doing a great job promoting it as well like you said all these different things they're running with the cr22 the privateer money and i guess just with the media commitments you have made do you find it tiring or exhausting and that it takes away your focus or you just sort of you know it's got to be done because the fans are so important and i guess it keeps you humble too and maybe even a good motivator before the race to have so many people in your corner yeah at the end of the day you're a professional athlete 
when you sign up to be a professional athlete, that's part, whether you like it or not, yeah. that's part of it. So it's, and it, it genuinely frustrates me when, when you see guys that don't, that don't want to do the signings or don't want to do the interactions. Cause at the end of the day, without, without the guys running around with jerseys on yelling at it and screaming it, they're the guys that pay for your jersey. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's all part and parcel of it. So, look, it, sometimes it does get tiring sitting out there in the sun and we were burning, but so was the crowd and it is what it is. At the end of the day, you got to do it. And it's one thing that I never got to really do when I was a privateer. Um, and now that I'm under the truck, it was the first thing that I was pumped about going to the first round under the Yamaloop truck. It was that I got to sign posters. So it was cool. So, uh, look, it's one thing I really love. And a uh, big shout out to Dylan Wills. Uh, that setup that he had down there, uh, it was that, that that was some great, 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 great marketing uh, from his entire team there. Look, it was unreal having the whole Hot Wheels thing. Uh, it was, yeah, one of a kind. I've never yeah. seen or heard or even genuinely thought about it. So for him to do that, it was it was unreal. And um, that is one of the downfalls going to Melbourne is that we don't get to have that interaction with the trucks, with the with the pits, because we are in the are in the confines of, of Marvel Stadium, but. Um, look, I think he knocked it out the park and he set the benchmark there pretty high. I think it's, it's, yeah, for everyone else, that's, um, that's unreal. <laughs> yeah, mate, it certainly caught the eye and it was just so unique. And the amount of work that must have gone into planning, obviously, has that really cool team around him and the Fox gear was looking good. He had it all on point, mate. So if anyone hasn't checked it out, you know, you can see it all over all the social medias, you know, everywhere we've got a cool video about it. And yeah, just everywhere I'd encourage people to look at that. And I wanted to also ask you about your good mate, Tanty, training partner. Obviously, he had that nasty stack at the World Supercross last week and he's obviously still over there, I believe. So must be in a bit of a tough spot for him, mate. Obviously, he's another example of all the hard work over over the years and just grinding and just grafting to make your dreams happen isn't it mate and obviously it's super cool he's obviously a champion in australia and he's going off to america again next year to race supercross which is going to be so cool mate so just tell us about you know he's definitely a good mate of yours and how's he going and how much of a good sort of benchmark is he to follow because he's certainly done it the hard way and made it work it's really cool to see people succeeding like that isn't it yeah, look, I think that's why myself and Aaron get along so well. Our story's somewhat similar in a sense. We both kind of bloomed a little bit later in our MX2 careers. Um, and to look at where he is now, man, I can, there's nothing else I can say besides for how proud. Because, man, we, we've both been in the trenches for a lot of years now. Uh, we've, we've both been doing the hard yakka. So. Um, and, yeah, his state at the minute, he's literally just been discharged from hospital today. Uh, so he's over there. He got a, he actually got to have a normal meal, <laughs> stay at a motel just around from the track. So, uh, as to when he flies home, he still does have no idea at the minute. Uh, cause he, cause he had a bit of air on his lung. They're not sure when he is going to be allowed to fly back. Um, so look, at least he's on the mend, whether he be at home or whether he still be over there, at least he's on the mend. So he'll be laughing. He's, he's one tough dude. So he, he'll be right. I've seen worse things knock him around. So, um, but yeah, him as a benchmark, it's kind of been weird not having him here for the last four weeks. So, uh, it's been it's been different. Me, it's kind of just been Nato and myself. I guess have kind of been the leaders of the group for the last little bit, uh, which has been no problem with it. At the end of the day, it's kind of been a bit of an insight as to what probably next year is going to look like. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's um it's good to see him finally achieve that dream of being able to go over and race in America full time. Uh, I think it's it's unreal, and hopefully I can get over there and watch a couple of races, if not be able to ride while I'm over there. Um, yeah, look, I'm so excited to see what he can do on that Kawasaki. Um, and yeah, go take on the world. 
Yeah, obviously it's going to be so cool seeing him hit an up A1, mate. Is that the plan for you, obviously, to get there and maybe stay on for a couple of weeks as well? Because obviously that's going to be a ridiculously stacked field for that one. Obviously seeing the Lawrence brothers and obviously Tanty joining in the Australian crew, certainly doing the country proud, aren't they, mate? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a good one. I don't know whether or not it'll be A1, but I honestly have no plans at the minute now. Everyone around me knows at the moment. I'm just kind of winging my future at the minute. I have no idea what the plan is. So, um, yeah, I'm just waiting to see what happens. But if there's any opportunity that I can get over there to watch my mate race, I'll be on the first flight over there. Oh, mate, the build-up's going to be awesome. And obviously, he'll hopefully get back to Australia as quick as possible and get recovered and healed up and be as good as he can for that one. Because just making main events in that 450 class is going to be pretty brutal, isn't it, mate? But I reckon he's definitely got the skill and the mindset and the talent to mix it in there, doesn't he, mate? And I guess that's something that everyone in Australia is looking forward to. And it's a good sort of pathway to see guys in Australia doing their thing and then getting those opportunities, mate. So definitely motivating for you. And that's definitely one thing you want to do too, isn't it, mate? Race in America and test yourself when the opportunity arises. Yeah, exactly. And it's one thing, but having the likes of Max Anstey, Cole and all those boys like that, they race that series. We kind of get a bit of a gauge from where they're from. I mean, Max won a race last year. So, um, yeah, it's great to be able to test yourself every weekend. And if I'm honest, I wish we had more Australian Supercross rounds than just the yeah. three. But, um, yeah, look, we're going to take every bit of every bit of experience and every gauge up we can. And whether that be here, whether that be over in America, whether that be in Europe or whatever they are, I'm just happy to get started. So. Yeah, awesome, mate. And just looking ahead to Melbourne now, obviously exciting. Should be a pretty cool track, one that you blokes will really enjoy and sort of get to stretch out the bikes a bit more than like the Adelaide one. So how excited are you? How's the preparation looking? Obviously straight back to work. You guys already? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Melbourne, look, you started the Supercross series off great last year for me. Uh, everybody kind of because we hadn't raced supercross in so long everybody was a bit of a wild card coming into melbourne last year and we come out and we showed everybody that what we could do on a privateer program with a little bit of help um from the crew around us and and we went out there and went p4 um on a massive pack stadium so look for me uh building obviously from that confidence from last year a podium this weekend i just feel like we're just going to keep this momentum rolling we got two weeks here to just fine tune a little bit of stuff and yeah we're, the goal is friday night we're going to come out at melbourne swing and we got one job at hand and that's to to do exactly what we did on the weekend and nothing less yeah mate good perspective and good mindset heading in the approach should hold you in good stead for sure and i guess after that mate is a little bit of a break sort of planned after the season obviously it's been a sort of a, it's always a bit disjointed the aussie series with the big breaks in between races both indoors and outdoors and it's just a tough one to balance but i guess you'll be having a little bit of time off mate and then straight back into the pre-season into the summer of queensland mate you'll be suffering sacrifice and grinding it out mate but that's sort of what makes the champions and you know, when you come to the races, you'll be ready to go. So how's the sort of off-season period looking before, I guess, the motocross season starts? Yeah, look, if I'm honest, uh, we, we've got a couple of schools up here for a lot of our amateur crew on the Zero Zero Elite Rider training. So I'll spend a fair bit of time with them in between working. Um, and yeah, just kind of get those guys sorted. But for, for myself, and I'm sure Nate will be in a similar... Actually, Nate will probably won't be in a similar boat. But for myself, um, yeah, I'm just going to be... Pretty much after Melbourne, having a bit of time off the bike, I'll give the bikes back to Yamaha and they'll do what they need to do to get ready to sell them and do their thing. Um, but yeah, look, it's just going to be get through Melbourne at this stage. I honestly haven't thought anything past Melbourne. So uh, look, we're, we're just going to put our head down, butt up. And then, yeah, look, we're going to start to get the cogs turn and get a nice little reset. It's nice to have spent a bit of time with the family and not have to travel. So um, and then, yeah, obviously it's going to be a hot slog being in here and in summer in Queensland, getting ready for motocross next year and yeah, see what we can make happen. Yeah. Just a couple more before we let you go, mate. Obviously one thaggy was announced as the opener yesterday. Obviously, there was a tragedy last year. Really sad event happened there. So 
just your take on the, you know the racing going back there again next year you've seen a few comments on the facebook posts and things you know it's a really tough situation to deal with and how do you combat that as a rider mate obviously it's got to be tough and so many people you know obviously are well aware of the situation and how do you approach that and what's your take on it mate yeah look it is such a very touchy subject and you're not going to be able to please everybody uh at the end of the day unfortunately whether you like it or not we are professional athletes and it is a motocross track that is going to be on the calendar it is a good facility what happened is an absolute tragedy uh should they be going there the, the first year after that's up for debate, I guess. But at the end of the day, that they've announced that they're going there, uh, that that's not going to change now. So, well, whether you wish to, you as a rider, whether you wish to 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 turn that kind of, I guess you'd say, nearly energy into negative or positive, that 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 becomes on to you and how professional you take it. Um, look, I know for myself that, yeah, if I'm there on the line for for round one next year, uh, it's gonna be it's going to be hard but you're going to be there for a job and it's going to be in the back of your mind don't get me wrong but but we are all professional athletes and we're going to have to perform on the day and and we know that when we sign up to ride a dirt bike it is the unfortunate uh it is a it is a part of our sport we know that it can happen to any person that lines up on a dirt bike but it's the risk that we run and um yeah look i'm i'm sure that there's going to be there's going to be some heavy hearts there on the day, but uh, yeah, look, it's going to be. There's not too much that that I feel like I, I'm going to be able to do to change it. So I know for myself coming in, I'll just be putting myself in the best possible headspace I can for that race, and yeah, going going with it as as per business. Yeah, mate, well said. And obviously, just looking back on, I guess this year it's almost done the racing side of it. Just obviously the moment on the weekend ranks right up there as the best. But just talk us through some of your your favorite moments, favorite tracks, and I guess some of the other tough moments, the adversity you faced, maybe tracks you didn't like. So just your insights on those two. Yeah. Uh, coming into the year, I I wasn't racing. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said that last time. Uh, yeah, yeah, look, I, I wasn't racing. I was on holidays and <laughs> yeah, I pretty much when it come to the end of February, we, we made it happen. I rocked up and raced in like two or three weeks time at one thaggy so look uh, that, that was probably the highlight having the crew behind me, uh, the crew behind me pretty much, making it happen and, and let me let me do what I was able to do this year. The privateer program, I was so proud of what we were able to achieve there. Um, getting on the near podium at Appen uh, and then at Wodonga. Look, it, it was unreal. And then the pace that we showed it at Maitland before I had that crash in that first one, we were a comfortable third. Um, and then, yeah, obviously uh, one of the biggest highlights that have to be getting picked up by the Yamaha Yamaha Racing, getting that getting that exposure and that feel. Um, if I am fortunate enough to be on a factory team next year, I've already learned so much this year from being in a factory factory ride um, that, yeah, that I'll be able to use to my advantage. So, And then it, with any ups, there's plenty of downs. Uh, obviously, after getting signed with them when I had a niggling injury and then did my hand at South Australia, not being able to probably perform to my true true potential for the for the start of for the start of that opportunity, and especially at places like Echo Valley and that where where I was probably the favourite coming in. We had races there with the whole crew before, and I showed that I was the fastest guy there. Um, but like anything, it took me a little bit longer to adapt to that Yamaha than, than what I probably thought it was going to. But um, look, we've made it happen. We've showed everybody what we can do. Yeah, Mel said, mate, you've dealt with the ups and downs well, mate, because the motocross certainly throws them at you, doesn't it, mate? So onwards and upwards for 2024, for sure, mate. Definitely exciting times ahead. And I guess before we go, mate, anyone you'd like to thank in particular, obviously the team, family, friends all support you. And also where can the fans follow your progress on social media, mate? Because uh, it's going to be some big things happening in the next couple of weeks, isn't there? 
Yeah, exactly that. Look, everyone at Yamalub Yamaha Racing, I cannot thank them enough. Um, they, they, these results don't just come by by one individual. Uh, there's a massive, massive team behind the scenes that probably don't even get seen. So uh, to everybody that supports myself, supports the team, uh, my program that we have up here in Queensland from Nathan at Zero Zero Elite Rider Training, everyone that supports that, uh, and Dean from Fighting Fit Physio, thank you. Everyone that's a personal sponsor of mine, thank you so much. And, yeah, look forward to seeing hopefully everybody at Melbourne and, uh, yeah, follow it up at – Caleb underscore Byram underscore 16 on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. So we will see you all there, hopefully. Yeah, mate, all the best. It's going to be a great couple of weeks ending here, mate. Thanks for taking the time to join us again. It's been another Ripper Chat. Obviously, the first podcast we did a couple of months or so ago was really well received on the site, and everyone really enjoyed that, mate. Got a lot of good feedback about it. So cheers again, mate. But before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AOC Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, Caleb, all the best, mate. And thanks again for taking the time. We'll speak soon. Thank you, mate. See ya. No worries, mate. Have a good one.